This is Crescent Project Radio, bringing you powerful testimony, practical teaching, and exciting truth about God's miraculous movement in the Muslim world and how we as Christians can join Him in this kingdom work. Our goal is to see every Muslim have an opportunity to respond to the gospel and be connected to a true follower of Jesus. You can find us online at crescentproject.org. Have a comment or question? Email them to radio at crescentproject.org. We would love to hear from you and have a chance to respond on a future program. Hi, I'm Rashida, and you're listening to Crescent Project Radio, where we believe we have a hope worth sharing. Today, my guests are my Crescent Project colleagues, Horst and Petra, who have served the Lord in Europe and South America. They've had a beautiful journey of faith and ministry, and I'm excited to have them with me on the podcast today. Horst and Petra, welcome to Crescent Project Radio. Yes, hi, welcome, Rashida. Thanks for inviting us to the podcast. Thanks. Yes, we are very happy to be here. Excellent. Welcome. Well, I'd love to start with the beginning of your journeys. You both grew up in Germany, a very secular country. Can you tell us briefly how you became followers of Jesus? I will start. And I thought about your, the first part of your question. Germany is a secular country. Yeah, it has not been like that. It is just recently worse and worse. So um, it's a very secular, secular country now. In the early first century, Paul and other disciples of Jesus brought the gospel to Rome. And at that time, parts of Germany, like many regions around the Mediterranean Sea and beyond, were occupied by the Roman Empire. So that was Germany as well. Mm-hmm. And the Christian faith came to Germany very early uh, because it came to the regions of the Roman Empire. And it spread in Germany and it flourished. The Christianity flourished in Germany in early ages. Mm. And then it went on and history tells that there was Christian faith amongst the people of Germany. Uh, much later, an important figure in the German Christian history was Martin Luther. In 1517, his 95 theses were pinned at a church door and laid the foundation for Protestantism and evangelism. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther was, yeah, he also translated the Bible into German. Until then, the language that was used to read and to hear the, the gospel was Latin, but mm-hmm. he uh, translated the Bible into the language of the common people. Yes, and <laughs> and after the timely invention of letterpress printing, Bibles were printed in Germany. Germany certainly has, has a Christian heritage, but after World War II, the Christian influence surely started to decrease. Mm. Starting in the 1960s, under the oppression of communism in East Germany, because mm. Germany was divided, you know, Christian belief was nearly suffocated. In the West of Germany, faith faded when economic performance increased finance and all these yeah, values of, of comfort and security became mm-hmm. more and more important and it had an impact on people's values. 
But that is only the story <laughs> of Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to tell you my personal story as well. Excellent. So I grew up in a secular home. My mom and dad did not have a faith, but they believed in working hard and they believed in the power of money. Generally spoken churches in Germany proclaimed a nominal faith through membership in church rather than reconciliation with God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But in a church nearby there was a pastor who was a true believer. Our neighbors attended services there, and because my parents enjoyed undisturbed sleep-ins on Sunday mornings, they let me go with the neighbors. These Sunday school classes in the kindergarten laid first foundations for my faith in Jesus. When I was 14, my parents sent me to confirmation classes at church, not because they wanted me to learn about faith, but because parents traditionally sent their teenagers to attend confirmation classes. It was just done, and after the 18-month lasting course, the teenagers were to get money and gifts from relatives and neighbors. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by the teachings of Jesus when I was in these confirmation classes, and then I told my mom that I wanted to follow Jesus, but my mom ridiculed me. I did not really manage to follow Jesus then. But obviously God did not forget my desire to connect with him. Mm -hmm. Five years later, I had a severe accident. I survived with bad injuries. Both my legs were fractured to pieces, and I had many broken bones and a head injury that caused hemiplegia and loss of speech. Ha, I can speak again. But I recovered and became a physiotherapist. I specialized, worked, and also became a board member of the International Physiotherapy Students Association. I was happy, but something within me was empty. Mm-hmm. In 1987, I think, yes, in 1987, I spent the Christmas holidays with my parents, just as many times before the days were filled with trouble. My mom's job was that of a postwoman, and the days leading to Christmas had been very stressful for her. Mm-hmm. I escaped the charged atmosphere and went to church, where I received an invitation for a reunion gathering of the former youth club. Oh, nice. a, few, a few days later, at the gathering, there were about 40 people and me. Everybody was expected to answer three questions. What's your name? Easy. What to do? And what have you experienced with Jesus? I was the last one to answer the questions and I became really nervous. What should I say? When it was my turn, I said my name and mentioned my training and my job. But I could not speak of anything that I had experienced with Jesus. I said that I was searching for God and asked the people to pray for me. I don't know why I did that, but many must have prayed. Two days later, I, Petra, a searching soul, said in the New Year's Eve service at church, and God spoke to me through Psalm 103. May I read that? Sure. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of all the good things he has done for you, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. I suddenly understood. God is most worthy to be worshipped. God healed all my injuries after the accident. Mm-hmm. He has made me new and he has set a new life before me. He can give a purpose to my life and then, and he can give me joy. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. His death and resurrection uh, made it possible that I could be reconciled with God. This church service was not only a parting from the old year at New Year's Eve, but for me it was also a goodbye to my old life and a joyful start into a new life as a follower of Jesus. Amen. And in the first weeks of being a disciple of Jesus, I learned that I should pray for other people to find the joy and salvation that I had found. So I thought, hmm, who can I pray for? And then it came to my mind that I should pray for one of my friends. I should pray for Horst, who was just a friend (laughs) at that time, one of the group of people that I met sometimes for board games or cinema. Horst was the one I should pray for. He did not really seem to have a purpose in his life. He was addicted to Coca-Cola and was watching too much television. (laughs) So I started to pray for him every day. Yeah, then it's my turn now to tell how my way was to following Jesus. Yes, I met Petra a few years ago before she became a Christian in a student hall. But I was, yeah, also, I I grew up in a Christian house, but it was not really Christian. It was, yeah, my my father, my mother, they were in a Lutheran church and Mm -hmm. In Germany, it is if you are baptized and maybe also you had a confirmation, then you are going to heaven. That's what the German church is telling you. And then you are a Christian. But when I met Petra and she became a Christian, she was telling me I became a Christian. And I was telling her, I'm already a Christian, so what's new about that? And Mm -hmm. (laughs) then she told me there's a little bit of difference. And yeah. Then I asked lots of questions and she invited me to her church in Bremen. And I, one day I visited her and was going into the church as well, just to listening to the service. And, um, it was great. It was total difference to my old church. There were only a few people, mostly elderly in the church when, yeah, where Petra attended. There were, I think, 800 at that time and lots of people with all ages. And I was, impressed and then I asked the pastor, I asked many more people about Jesus, about the Bible and I've got lots of lots of answers but uh, it took a while. Petra moved, she she was still learning the physiotherapist uh, studies where so she was doing the physiotherapist studies and was going to the Black Forest in, in the south of Germany and I visited her as well one day and there was a new church, a church plant, and I talked to the pastor there also about what's 
all about the Bible, what's about Jesus. And I also asked him a lot of questions. And there was more and more questions were coming up and more and more answers. And then, yes, when Petra was telling me in, I think it was February or March 1988, in October, I always remember October 22nd, it was in the year of, of 1988, I became a Christian. I became a follower of Jesus. And since that time, yes, I I was saved by Jesus. That's my story. I, I, I was yeah, talking a lot also with Petra about Jesus, about the Bible, and it all helped me to have uh, my decision for, for Jesus. And I learned it's the only way to heaven if you are following Jesus. Yes. Amen. Then I thought, right, okay, now it's right to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> after after host became a Christian, it was safe to fall in love because I knew if I was a Christian, he was not, we would never be happy because we wouldn't have the same foundation of our life. So, yeah, I was so happy and so relieved. We got engaged in December and we got married in uh, April 1989. So very soon, very quickly. Yes. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So how did you both get involved in international missions? And what did that initially look like? Yeah, after we got married, we uh, moved to Bremen, my hometown, where this church was. That was good. And where believers gathered. And yeah, we, we got involved in church ministry, tried to serve with the church and in our city here and there. Mm -hmm. And in 1990, we were asked by a team that prepared a visit of one of the OM ships in our harbor city to join the crew of the ship and help them during their ministry on the Baltic Sea. OM, that is a worldwide mission organization called Operation Mobilization. Mm -hmm. We decided to leave behind work and university for a few months and joined them. It was an exciting time, although it was not always easy with 240 people on one one boat. Wow. <laughs> but we, we know that God was in the midst of shaping us and molding us. A couple of years later, God led us to attend Bible college. We did not plan to do the three-year course because we didn't have the money to sustain us for such a long time. Mm -hmm. But at the end, we did stay the full three years God had provided. Oh, that's awesome. During Bible college, Horst and I had to do practical ministry and Horst chose to do radio ministry, partly because uh, he was told that he had a good radio voice, and he has, and partly because uh, he found it easier to speak to a microphone in the studio than to many people face to face. During our time at Bible college, we, we often found leaflets about an international radio ministry based in Ecuador, South America, in our post box. And we wondered, was that an invitation? Was that a sign from God so that we should go there? Mm -hmm. But uh, when you thought about it, honestly, we were not adventurous people at all. 
We had now three children and there was no way in our thoughts how we could go into mission ministry into a foreign country. We had gone to Bible college in order to learn more about Jesus and more about the Bible. And just then just after that, we just wanted to go back into our jobs and into our church. Not mm-hmm. Nothing more. Yes. But God intended more for us. <laughs> we were hard to convince, and there were key persons in our life whom God had to give convince as well. There are many more stories. But, um, yeah, at the end, guess what? In the end of, uh, in the end, God succeeded. In 1999, three years after graduation from Bible College, we moved to Ecuador in order to work for the German Department of Radio HJB. Sometimes we feel ashamed of resisting God's plan for such a long time. But then we also know that God led us according to his plan. After that, we never doubted God's plans nor the placement because we had experienced his careful guidance. And what does, you said, JHB? HCJB, Radio, <laughs> HJB Radio. Uh, they, they call themselves now Reach Beyond. Uh, okay. It's a radio ministry that was, uh, when was it founded, Horst? Uh, 1931. It, uh, HCGB is uh, for, uh, short for standing, for saying Heralding Christ Jesus Blessings. It was the name of the radio station. Yeah, founded in Ecuador, and it's still radio station or the name of the radio station in Germany, and um, I'm supporting still. Yeah, the German That's programs, nice. yeah. Yes, it was founded by Clarence Jones in 1931. And, yes. Yeah, and it was first shortwave, Christian shortwave ever. So, yeah. And there were many departments, so we served there for nine years. And why Ecuador? Ecuador, because Clarence Jones, uh, 1931 is a while ago, but when he was young, I think he was in the 40s, he was thinking about Ecuador is high in the Andes, it's uh, 10,000 feet high, and it might be a good place for shortwave radio if you build an antenna in that height can reach every, any point in the world. Mm. He was right. It was not really because it's it's so high, but it is a, a really good place because it was near the equator and mm-hmm. it was really high. They built the antennas, antennas in the valley later, but still the uh, valley was 9,000 feet high, so it was still quite okay. high. <laughs> and uh, he was right. So he it was possible to reach 80% of the whole world from Ecuador. and. Till the year 2000, he was sending or doing radio programs via shortwave. And then it, yeah, because of internet and all the technology, the new technology and satellite systems and whatever. So it, it was not as, you know, a shortwave is not needed anymore or not as, as it was before. So now they mm-hmm. changed to internet to, other radio stations, so and uh, there's a DAB radio, the digital radio, and so, but it's still a little bit in short wave, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what type of radio ministry specifically were you two doing during that time? 
Yeah, so we were invited to come to Ecuador in 1999, as Petra was telling you, and uh, we were doing radio programs especially for Germany, because as I told you, it was reaching all over the world. Mm -hmm. But first, the German department was doing radio programs in German, especially for South America, because they were thinking there are lots of Germans in South America, especially in Paraguay, mm -hmm. Argentina, Uruguay. And so they were doing radio programs for that region. But because the shortwave signal was also reaching Germany, they, mm -hmm. they were getting letters from Germany. <laughs> and so they were thinking of, uh, okay, we have to do an, uh, another radio program, especially for Germany. And it was even better because most of the South American Germans are Christians, so they are Mennonites, for example. But in Germany, okay. there were lots of non-believers, and so there was a special radio program for non-believers, especially in Germany. And there were lots of, um, in Ecuador, lots of departments uh, in, in every language nearly. <laughs> so in the, in the high times of HCJB, they were doing radio programs in 80 languages. And when, wow. we, when we arrived, there were still 40 languages uh, on the air out of Ecuador. Now it's going down and down. And uh, as I was telling you, the shortwave is not the main program anymore because it's more mm -hmm. and more radio programs, more and more Christian radio programs on the internet. And so it's, it changed a lot. And I'm just curious, you and Petra, what specifically were you guys doing on that team? Were you actually doing the broadcasting or were you working behind the scenes? Yeah, Petra. I, I was working behind the scenes because at that time, yeah, I, I was not allowed with the visa we had, I was not allowed to work. Okay. So whenever I could, I did some, I, I, I like to write sometimes and I wrote some audio dramas. Oh, and excellent. I, I also uh, tried to help in any other way. So. Of course, I assisted my husband so that he could go to the radio station every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. we had three three boys. Oh, yeah. So we, we went with three boys. When we left Germany to go to Ecuador, they were eight, six, and four years old. Oh, and of course, I had to be there for school and take them to school. And it was not very safe. So we had all, we always had to accompany them. And sometimes there was political riots or volcano eruptions or oh, ash no. <laughs> or earthquakes. Yeah. So I was at home and I was ready to help within my opportunities. There was a contingency plan that if there's something happening, some children have to be, to be at home. Uh, Yeah, they have to be picked up by the parents, but some parents mm -hmm. couldn't go to school that quickly. Mm -hmm. So I said, yes, okay, we can have children in our home as mm -hmm. long as the, the parents get them in the evening. So I was just ready uh, to be there in case of emergency. And uh, yeah, and of course, because we are missionaries, we are being supported by people who donate gifts to us, financial gifts, and by churches who support us. There's a lot of yeah, communication via 
email now, but that time it was letters. So okay. I was writing a lot. <laughs> so communicating yeah. with people who just pray and give for the work, the ministry that we were doing. Awesome. Yes, Petra was really, really helpful, in, especially in writing letters, handwritten letters to our supporters. And she still does, does it for Christmas. So let's say 200 to 300 letters wow. every year. <laughs> yes, and I, I was uh, doing radio programs here. Yeah, I was in uh, working in the department, in the German department, and uh, recording radio programs that was cultural programs that was um, talking about Ecuador. I was doing the news. Yeah, we were sending a, a news program also to Germany. And then there was, or there were lots of devotions and, and also a special Sunday service we recorded uh, in German wow. and uh, was sending it. Yeah. At that time, at, in the first years, uh, we are shortwave and later also via internet to Germany. Yes. Wow. So how did you see God using radio ministry to further the gospel, both among German-speaking people and beyond? Yes. So that's also a little bit about our history. So after we served nine years in Ecuador, and so shortwave was going down a little bit, we were asked to come to Scotland to help here in the European office. We were doing uh, radio programs or lots of radio programs for Central Asia. And um, after the wall came down, lots of Central Asia countries were independent or, were, or they became independent. And um, so we were looking for doing a special radio program for each country. Long time before the wall came down, uh, HCGB did a radio program for Russia so years and years before. And there was also good response from Russia, from, from Russian-speaking people, that it was really helpful to have a radio program, a Christian radio program in the Russian language. And so we were thinking about having a radio program in a speak language and in Turkmen language. And so we were doing yeah, in partnership with other radio ministries uh, around the world for covering Central Asia. And, um, at that time, lots of Central Asian people were Muslims. They are still Muslims, but uh, let's say mm -hmm. nominal of Muslims. But we were doing a radio program especially for people, uh, for Muslim people to reach yeah, with the gospel. With We were uh, thinking of answering questions of reading books of uh, doing especially christian music in their language and it was all yeah i was supporting i was not talking so it was not my language or <laughs> i can't mm -hmm. speak uzbek or turkmen for example but i was helping in organizing of putting everything together from here from scotland and um, also about airing the programs, um, sending them to a special organization, and they were transmitting the programs to uh, different countries in that area. And uh, that I was doing also for around 10 years. Yes, and there was lots of connections with Muslim people. And um, by the way, it was always a little bit not, not really complicated, but it was a good response from lots of people out of the area 
and uh, lots of people became Christians, but sadly they all left their countries because it was really, really mm -hmm. difficult for them after becoming a Christian to live there. So, but that mm -hmm. was, yeah, we were helping and uh, producing radio programs for about 10 years in, in that area. Wow, this is really fascinating. And I had no idea about all the things you two have done. I'm looking forward to hearing more in part two of our conversation. But for now, let's close in a word of prayer. Horst, uh, would you mind closing us in prayer? Yes. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for that, for the time we had together for Rashida doing this program. I want to ask you for, yeah, for helping us reaching out to Muslims, to many people, to non-believers. And I would ask you to help us, yeah, for, for doing the right things, to give us wisdom. And I want to ask you for, Our listeners, for the listeners who are listening to this podcast, that you will bless them, that you will help them on their way to, to you, dear Lord. Thanks for, for the time we have together. Thanks for Rashida. Thanks that we are here together in, in this podcast. And I would ask you for, for your blessings for all of us. And, uh, yes, having a good time together, dear Lord. We will praise this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Crescent Project Radio. We believe we have a hope worth sharing. Learn more about Crescent Project online at crescentproject.org, where you can find all of our previous podcasts featuring testimonies from former Muslims, teaching and apologetics interviews with ministry leaders and book authors, along with commentary on current events and ministry news. Email us your comments or questions to radio at crescentproject.org. Stay connected by subscribing to our bi-monthly email, Call to Prayer, which is focused on prayer for the Muslim world. We hope you'll join us again next time on Crescent Project Radio.